Hey guys, welcome. This series is the grief series. We're going to be going over various things in regards to grief. I hope this finds people that are in the midst of the grief, in the very beginning, or if you're even somebody that is supporting somebody that's going through grief. Um, today we're actually going to be starting with episode one, which is the 10 misconceptions of grief. I do want to have a disclaimer. I don't know everything about grief. The one thing that I can bring to the table is the fact that I am grieving. I've gone through my grief. I've lost a loved one. I've had the opportunity to meet other people that are going through a similar experience as mine, a similar loss, or just the grief process. I've come up with these 10 misconceptions of grief, and so I'm not going to come with a bunch of scientific evidence, maybe a little bit, but not too much where it overshadows, because I'm just bringing mainly my experience and my wisdom that I've learned throughout the last few years with my own grief to the table to hopefully help somebody else that is in the process of grief or that is going to support somebody that is grieving. All right, so on to the 10 misconceptions of grief. The number one, that there is an end point. Huge misconception that I had in the very beginning was that there was going to be an end point. If I do therapy and I go to this group and I attend this, that I won't feel like shit so much. Complete misconception. It was a rude awakening that I wasn't going to stop feeling like shit and I wasn't going to not stop being sad. And it, it was a sucky realization but it's something that I can give to you guys that there isn't there is not an endpoint. Grief is a journey. It's a lifelong journey. It doesn't feel the same as it was in the very beginning or maybe five years down the line. Depends on where you're at, depends on your healing. But there it is, the first misconception that there is no endpoint. It's a journey. It's a lifelong journey that we get to experience because we loved someone. And there's like a great quote about all the grief that we feel when someone that we love passes is like the leftover love that we didn't get to share with them. All right. Misconception number two, that time heals. Time does not heal. It could be five years and you have not opened that grief door and you haven't processed anything. And it's just like opening the door on the very first day of your grief. So time doesn't heal. Doesn't matter how long you've been in the process coming up on two years in about four days with recording this and healing is what actually heals. You have to actually dig deep within you, within your grief, within the loss of your loved one, however it happened and process it. And that's really what I've understood is the healing part of it. But a lot of times, you know, some people will try to be supportive on the outside and say, oh, well, you know, just give it time. And it doesn't matter how long the time has gone. If you don't open that damn door and you don't process your grief and you don't start facing it, it's fucking hard. It's it's a lot. It's it's a huge baggage you have to unravel and it's not the easiest thing. So sometimes it feels a lot easier to keep the door shut. But really, there's joy and happiness beyond that door and opening it. Trust me, you'll feel wonders going, you know, after the process and going through it. It's a rough ride, but it's totally worth it. All right, misconception number three, that you won't reprocess the same stuff. So with healing and with going through the grief journey, that when you do process a situation or an experience or a date or anything like that, there's a misconception that you won't have to revisit that situation or revisit that experience. And that's a big, that's another big realization that I've had myself 
is that I've had to come across the same experiences or the same situation or same thoughts or same feelings and it, it does come up it reminds me you know when you have an upset stomach it just like regurgitates and it just comes back up if you just ate something and um it's not the best feeling but it's nice because if you are healing and you are getting tools in your belt that you are able to utilize those tools in order to help you in that reprocessing moment and experience. So one experience that I could give you guys is months before my brother passed away, um, I look back and remember this experience of us throwing him like a going away party because he was buying his new house. And he never really liked to hold kids. Like he loved children, but he thought they were like a piece of glass. He just didn't want them to like randomly shatter in his hands. And that night he was holding my son. He was probably six months old and he held him for a gosh, probably an hour or two and just was talking to him and just had this beautiful, beautiful moments that I love thinking about. Well, I processed that many, many months ago, a year ago, year and a half ago, who knows how long exactly, but a long time ago, I processed that and thought I was okay with it until I got pregnant with my third. And then those same memories came up and I had to actually go back and reprocess those same memories and those same experiences and that's when I realized okay you know these things are going to come up these things are going to come back because this came back for me because at this point my brother won't be able to see this new baby that we're going to be having um he's not going to be able to hold the new baby and do all of those things or the baby's not going to know him on a physical level. Yes, we will talk about him and things like that, but it is just different. And I did realize that I had to reprocess something that I already did process. And so just be, be aware, like you might process something, don't freak out that it may come back up and you're not going backwards in your grief journey. If you have to reprocess something, it's a good thing because then if you are healing on your journey, then that means that you have experience to come to the table and hopefully you do put some tools in your belt to come back and, and kind of fight the grief. Um, in order to fight the grief a little bit quicker than the first time that you processed it. Misconception number four. Well, if I'm happy, that means that I don't care that they died. I've heard this from many people and you know, you could see the sadness in their eyes when they're like, oh, I was having such a good day and I felt guilty. And it's horrible because like our loved ones wouldn't want us to feel horrible about being happy. Like obviously they would want us to be happy. Obviously if they, we could have them back, they would be like, they'd probably shake us and be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> be happy, go enjoy yourself. But on the other side of that is that we do have so much love for them that we are sad we are grieving it's not that you have to be one or the other you don't have to be happy or you have to be sad like you can be both at the same time like you can be grieving and like obviously miss the person but then you could have like a fantastic day you could have enjoyment and love for the life that you are living but then of course you're still going to have that hole in your heart and you still miss that person that's never going to go away. That's never going to get, you know, filled with anything. And so it's not just one or the other that you can be both. Guilt doesn't have to come with it. And even if the guilt comes with it, you know, you're going to have to go back to a few steps ago of like healing heals. Go back to step, you know, misconception two. maybe revisit whatever your guilt is feeling. But it happens and that's OK. Misconception number five, grief and mourning are the same thing. They're usually used interchangeably like, oh, someone's grieving or someone's mourning. But actually grief is the more of the internal thoughts, feelings, probably the times that it's late at night, everything is quiet and then everything kind of comes to the mind about the loved one or guilty thoughts or the emotions and all that. 
where mourning is more of like the outward expressions, the discussing it, the sharing pictures, things like that. That's where you're mourning. We can be in both. It just depends on which way you're expressing it. There's times that I do grieve, even still now. I know I'm only, you know, some people might be like, oh gosh, you're two years out. Or some people might be like, you're only two years out. But yeah, there's still some, some days, not every day, but there's still some days late at night when everything's quiet, my mind starts running. And that's where like the grief kind of sets in. Sometimes it's midday, but then most of the time I'm, I'm mourning. I'm sharing about him, talking about, you know, suicide awareness, all of that. And so that is more of like the mourning part of it. All right, we're just past halfway. So misconception number six, that you grieve in order, order of the five stages. Some people don't hit all stages. Some people hit all of the stages. It's really not a one track. You're going to follow this track and these stages and your grief is over. It's going to go throughout your whole entire grief journey. Sometimes you'll feel angry. Sometimes you'll feel emotional. Those are just stages that you're able to have an understanding of how it feels when you are going through a grief journey. And everyone's different. Myself, I'll admit, I'm more of like the angry one. I initially, as soon as I heard my brother passed, I was mad. I was yelling. I was just pissed off at him. (laughs) And then I was also sad for my parents that now they had to grieve a son. But my sister, on the other hand, she was she was more the emotional one and sometimes I wish I was that more emotional one because it just seems like that's how you're supposed to start your grief is by dropping to your knees and just crying but that's just not how I processed it and you don't have to start off one way as there's many times that I could probably easily drop to my knees and just start bawling but obviously I don't drop to my knees but because I'll probably be like in the grocery store or something and then people will think I'm crazy but all the stages they they don't go in order you can experience all of them. Sometimes it feels like, I always say it feels like a roller coaster and I hate roller coasters. And it's just this up and down. You don't know what's what's coming next, um, but you just kind of got to go for the ride and it's all out of the love that we didn't get to share with that person. Misconception number seven, the first year is the worst year. A lot of people, especially support, will be like, if you could just get through the first year, you know, it, it gets easier after that. And Obviously, they're trying to be support and trying to make you feel a little bit better. Like, oh, just get through 365 days and you'll feel like lighter because it's so heavy in the beginning. But I don't think that there is any worst year that comes with the grief journey. The first year, it seems like it would be like the absolute worst because you have like your first holidays, your first anniversaries, their first birthdays that they're not here. All of those things are in the first year. But for me and from hearing other people and their journey and like what they've experienced is it seems like you're in a fog. Like you have so much fight or flight mode or you have so much anxiety from the loss of your loved one that you're partially not even there. You're just kind of going through life. You're just floating on, you're working, you're still being a parent or a wife or this and whatever your roles are in your life you're just still doing that while you're trying to process your grief and some of that stuff you won't even it won't even hit you as hard as you probably thought it would or you'll just be kind of in a daze just kind of going with the flow of life because even some years the second year could be really hard you know just like I mentioned the previous misconception is that you know I'm having my my third child in a few months and you know that that was a huge one for me to process and to try to to go through and maneuver that type of grief because it is something different. So it it just depends on the year that you have and what's going on because big events or things that are new and coming up, you know, you realize that that person's not going to be able to be there to experience or to share, share photos, send a text message, 
things like that. So it doesn't mean necessarily that the first year is the worst. I think every year is kind of sucky. Yeah, so it's not necessarily that the first year is the worst. I think every year kind of has its ups and downs, just like the roller coaster. It just depends on kind of what events are happening because every single year you're going to have the anniversaries. Every single year you're going to have holidays and birthdays and things like that. It's really, you know, how are you going to be you know, approaching them. And some years are going to be a little bit harder than others. All right, misconception number eight, that certain types of loss are better or worse to grieve. And me coming from, if you don't know my backstory, you haven't followed me on social media or anything, I'm grieving the loss of my brother, a Marine Corvette that died by suicide. And some people, I've heard comments and things like that, that suicide is one of the worst that you could grieve. And that's why what this one kind of hits home. Even though I'm grieving the loss of someone that died by suicide, it doesn't mean that it's worse than somebody that died from a heart attack. Like it's still, regardless, it sucks. We lost somebody. Though the one thing that I have told people and I've gotten backlash for it. So if you want to say some shit in the comments, go for it. Let me have it. That's your opinion. This one's mine. But I think that we just all come with different baggage. We all come with different questions. Someone that died from cancer, their family's going to have loads of other questions that I won't even be asking or having versus like my baggage coming with a, a suicide loss is it's going to come with different baggage. Yeah, my, mine might be heavier than yours, but I have no idea. I don't know how it is to feel the loss of somebody that has died in another way. And so I just think we all come with different types of baggage that we carry behind us. And we all have different types of questions that we have to toggle with throughout our grief. All right, thanks for sticking around. We're almost at the end of our misconceptions. Now we're on to misconception number nine. When someone dies by suicide, that they are selfish. Sometimes from being on the outside as support, we want to say things that try to make the person feel better. And sometimes it just comes out like mush. And saying that it's selfish is the worst thing you could say to somebody that's grieving a suicide on one side of the spectrum. I know I'm going to stir the pot. It's it's totally not selfish. There's actually a quote by Dr. Amen that says, the pain of suicide is unlike any other loss because people see it as a choice rather than a consequence of brain health problems. And that was something that I actually started to dig deep into trying to understand the mental health. I knew my brother struggled. He had PTSD. He had anxiety. He had so many things going on that I barely knew anything about. He didn't really talk about it. But I dove. I knew that the mental health was a huge issue and so I started diving into that and understanding that there is abnormalities in the brain activity that people that have that can have suicidal ideation and typically when you see that type of stuff it will happen from the prefrontal cortex if it was damaged um, you know, for me, like I knew my brother got like in a huge car accident, but it could also be from just other things. It could be from trauma, from childhood, from adulthood. It could be from stress. You know, and if you hear know anything about neuroplasticity, our brain can change. We could rewire, we could unwire uh, connectivities in our brain. And so if you have enough stress, you could absolutely change your brain not for the good. You can change areas of the prefrontal cortex to end up having suicidal ideation, suicidal thoughts, actions, things like that, that can occur. On the other side, when I said, uh, you know, that I'm going to stir the pot is that, and maybe I could say this because I'm a griever of someone that died by suicide, is that a part of me sometimes does think that it is a, it is a selfish act. But then on the other side of that is that they, you know, for me, my brother lived for 35 years so selflessly to stay here for everybody else regardless the amount of shit that was going on in his head the amount of thoughts the amount of depression the mental health all of that stuff combined I can't even imagine thinking or being in his shoes for a whole 24 hours for how shitty he felt 
and for how selfless he was for 35 years to stay by us and to stay by our side and to to be there for the moments that he was here that I feel like I can say that yeah for sure it was selfish but I don't say it in a negative oh you know screw you that's so selfish or to say to somebody else that oh god that was selfish like how selfish of them as if it's like a bad thing and looking down on them and degrading them i'm sure if any of us were in their shoes and had the same type of thoughts and who knows what was going on in their head but it was big enough that that was the option that they thought was gonna stop it all but there's actually like this quote and i don't have the name of who says it but i'm probably gonna butcher it and that's okay you probably google it and find the actual nice wording but it says something along the lines of someone that dies by suicide it's not necessarily that they're trying to kill themselves they're trying to kill some something inside of them that if they were to jump into like an ocean or say like a body of water that they would they would try to survive they would swim they would react they wouldn't just let themselves sink is that they're trying to take something away that's inside that is overpowering them and they're just trying to get rid of it all right you guys made it misconception number 10 thanks for staying with me all the way to the 10 misconceptions the last one is that you can only grieve a death that's another big misconception is that we can only grieve a death we could grieve experiences we could grieve somebody that is still alive and that we just don't associate with anymore or that we you know a relationship any type of relationship a spouse relationship a friendship a co-worker ship I guess you could call it any type of relationship that you don't have with the person anymore there's a process of grief in that it's not going to be as heavy and not going to be as much baggage that comes with the loss of somebody that you love but it is still a loss even of, of an item you know losing an item I mean some of us might think it's ridiculous that oh you lost that or you know if you lost your car and it crashed and now you don't have that car anymore and there's a process that has to come with that and there it is it is like a grief there is a grief period that you have to grieve the loss of that item or that experience or the lack of experience and even like an object one thing that I can actually say from experience is losing an object and one thing was these two candle holders that were actually my grandma's they have violins because we're gypsy and that's a huge musical instrument part of the gypsies is violins my grandma actually gave them to my brother when he was moving to his new house and after he passed I was able to go to his house and get any Thing that was left over and I saw the two candle holders and so I was so excited to get them I got them home and within days uh, my youngest a little over a year at that time was just playing by them and knocked them off the counter and they just shattered both of them shattered and I was just devastated and I know that it was the attachment to the item but aside from the attachment to the item and I actually had to grieve the loss of that item because like that item meant so much to me you know the things that that it entailed the connections that it had but regardless that I still had to grieve the breaking of that object so it's not just it's not just a death that you have the ability to grieve you can grieve all sorts of things and don't feel bad for it and don't allow other people to have opinions about it because I'm sure at one point in their life they've grieved an experience lack of a person an object anything like that we all grieve various types of things aside from a death well thank you for sticking around with me for the 10 misconceptions I hope you guys check out the other videos and other podcasts that come this way about grief there's many more to come great information uh, I hope this video finds you well and we'll see you next time